The regular season for Tennessee football has come and gone. It's it's pretty sad, to be honest with you, but man, did Tennessee end on a high note. Yeah, there's a bowl game left to play. We'll have more on that next week, of course, but everything that was Tennessee-Vanderbilt after re-watching the tape at your Monday Locked On Balls. You are Locked On Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome into it, your Monday edition of Locked On Vols. I'm Eric Kane, your host. Appreciate you for being here. Can't thank you enough, you everydayers. Hey, tomorrow's your show. Uh, get in those questions, comments for the mailbag edition of the show every Tuesday right here on Locked On Vols. Today's episode is presented by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the promo code Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase. That is at Game Time, the app, or GameTime.com. I uh, appreciate you guys for being here, subscribing to Locked On Balls YouTube channel. Still that push to 10K. Let's continue to, to, to point that in the right direction. Um, a lot of you guys tuned in for the postcast on Saturday night. Can't thank you enough. If you haven't listened to it already, go back and listen to that when this one's over. But went back and watched the tape. A lot of great things from Tennessee and, and against Vanderbilt in the regular season finale. So we'll have our normal Monday show, some rewatch notes here in a couple seconds. Scoring plays, courtesy of the Vol Radio Network in segment two. And then stats that pop and canter grades, all that to end the show in segment number three. So uh, again, Tennessee did exactly what it was supposed to do. Um, you know, Two teams limping to the finish line here. Tennessee just getting drilled in back-to-back weeks to Missouri and, and Georgia. Um of course, Georgia is the top-ranked team in the country. Um, the, uh, I think everybody kind of saw that one coming. Tennessee riddled with injuries. Um, just, just not a very good time for Tennessee here to end the season. Then you had Vanderbilt that won the first two games of the season against Hawaii and Alabama A&M, but then went 0 for since. Uh, dropped 10 straights following the Tennessee loss and, of course, went 0 for in conference play. So two teams that were limited for the, to, to the finish line, but, I mean, Tennessee was a much better football team. It was a 27 point spread i believe um at least in, in some books I think vandal had it about 23 and a half nonetheless that was about right because of course tennessee won by 24 our friends over at fanduel appreciate them um but but tennessee was a much better football team you knew this was not going to be a football game of the tennessee handled business and, and that's what it did and you know joe milton was incredible senior night story of the night was that senior six-year senior and joe milton talked a lot about him on the postcast show written a lot about him since the game Yes, Joe Milton was super inconsistent this year. Joe Milton never truly hit his stride. And I know that can be frustrating, but I mean, or maybe this is more frustrating. The final game of the regular season, Joe Milton was elite. I'm not saying Joe Milton is an elite quarterback, but for this one game against Vanderbilt, which is not a very good competition, albeit, I don't care who you are, you count for six total touchdowns, and that's pretty good football. Joe Milton was really good. Um, his stats were incredible, 22 of... 33, I want to say, completed 67% of his passes. Yeah, 22 of 33, 67% of his passes, four touchdowns, 383 yards, both of those career highs. He ran for two touchdowns, first quarterback to account, first Tennessee player to account for six total touchdowns since Jonathan Crompton back in 09 against Memphis. Joe Milton was really good, and I can't wait to break down his four touchdown uh, you know, passes in segment number two with our friends over at the Vol Radio Network, and uh, can't wait for that. Ramel Keaton came up, had two of those catches. Um, just, uh, man, I thought Ramel Keaton was going to be really good this year. I never thought he was going to be elite. I never thought he was going to be one of the best in the SEC, but the guy that was forgotten about so many times throughout his career and just stepped up and kept on just churning last year, right? 
And the talk was over the summer and in fall camp, man, Ramel Keaton's the best all-around receiver Tennessee has. And so I thought he would be more of a focal point. But you didn't know it at the time. But now that you look back in retrospect, man, that wide-open, beautiful bomb that Joe Milton threw to Ramel Keaton in the Virginia game that he just dropped, that kind of set the scene for him for, for his senior year. Now, he did go on to catch six touchdown passes, two of which on senior day, and that was great to see. So it was good to see Ramel Ke- Keaton ending the way that it, it did for him in the regular season. Again, a bowl game's to come. Tennessee's two tight ends, McCallan Castles, Jacob Warren, each caught a touchdown pass. I thought that was fitting because I thought both those guys have had a fantastic year. We know how important the tight end position is for the University of Tennessee. I liked what I saw from there. Of course, Jalen Wright surpassed 1,000 yards on the ground on only 136 carries. There's only one running back in the nation that's averaging more yards per carry, and that's a guy out of Toledo. There's only one other player that's averaging, or one other player overall, uh, that's averaging more yards per carry than those two guys, and that's those two guys, meaning the Toledo guy and Jalen Wright, and that's quarterback and Heisman frontrunner Jaden Daniels of uh, of LSU, and he's averaging about 8.6 yards per carry. But, man, Jalen Wright, just your typical 11 carry, 75-yard day. His first didn't have a touch on the first two series of the game because Tennessee went three plays touchdown, three plays out. All those were pass plays. And then his first two carry, his first three carries ended up with two yards, but then he had a strong second quarter. He had runs of 9, 16, 6, 4, 15, and that put him at 55 yards on the game, needed, needed uh, or 57 yards on the game, needed five more yards in the second half to surpass 1,000 yards on the ground, and he got that for a quick 14-yard gain on an outside stretch, first play from scrimmage for Tennessee in the second half. So it was re- really, really good to see Jalen Wright get that milestone because that's something he wants. That's a, that's a tip to the cap to the offensive line. And again, if, if he was a true RB1, which he is, but if he was getting the carries and the volume that other, other RB1s around the country are getting, goodness gracious, he might have had 2,000 yards. But again, Tennessee's had a very successful run game this year. You know, Ran for over 2,000 yards yet again, and that offensive line deserves a whole lot of credit. Defense overall had a bad opening drive, um, but I think it really kind of settled in. Gave up another touchdown on a muff punt, which I'm not going to fault them for that. That was, that was D. Williams that gave field position at the 15 going in and then you gave up another touchdown late in the game but I mean that game was already in hand you had you had reserves in they were giving up the underneath stuff just trying to limit the big play defense had a bad start but I thought you know came around as the game went on two sacks there were about four other sacks that didn't count in this football game um two sacks seven TFLs James Pierce I think he finishes the the regular season second in the SEC and I can't wait to dive into all this stuff as the week goes on uh, James Pierce had another good game. Tyler Barron uh, trying to fight somebody, obviously, but um, he uh, he had a good game to end his Tennessee. We'll see if he'll play in the bowl game, but you know maybe to end his Tennessee career. We'll see about that. But you know overall, thought the defense came around. And then you know last thing I'll say, and this isn't really a rewatch note, but tip of the cap to those seniors. Um, you know I wrote about it at VolQuest.com. I just gave a couple of examples. You can go on and on, but I mean think about guys like Jacob Warren and Ollie Lane. Those two guys were recruited and committed to Butch Jones. Okay, Jeremy Pruitt came in and tried to cut Jacob Warren, and Philip Former was like, "No, you got to honor that." And Jacob Warren just plug and play, plug and play. You know, slowly but surely started to find a little bit of a role. And then in this Hypel offense, he was so critical the first three years because we know how important the tight end position is. Him and Princeton Fant. Then you look at Ollie Lane. I mean, Ollie Lane's a guy from Gibbs, right? Came in red shirted and. 
didn't really have a role, didn't really have a role. And then in 2021 was kind of the key man off the bench in terms of the offensive line, saw some PT and got some PT in 2022. And then Josh Heupel asked him to come back in 2023. And I mean, goodness gracious, what if not for Ollie Lane started the first five games at center, the last uh, seven games at left guard. I mean, he started every game this year. What a journey for Ollie Lane and, and Jacob Warren. What about Jalen McCullough? I know fans get frustrated with Jalen McCullough. You don't want to see somebody different out there, but you know, Jalen McCullough was, was the last guy to leave the field the other day. I mean, obviously it means something to him. And, you know, being a Tennessee volunteer through the last five years, it's meant everything for him. Uh, Brent Hubbs at Volquest had a, had a stat, and I, I, don't, I don't have it handy, but, you know, he's played pretty much 99% of the available snaps, maybe 97, you know, some high 90s percentage of the snaps while Tim Banks has been here in the play caller. And, of course, that's not counting into the games that he missed for some off-the-field issues back in 2022. But, you know, Jalen McCullough, you know, truly gave his all for Tennessee. You know, Maury Thomas and Jabari Small have had huge roles uh, here in Tennessee since they've stepped foot on campus. Warren Burrell was a three-year starter, yet now is a, a dynamic player and, and a guy that didn't just, you know, say, all right, I'm, I'm done, I'm going to opt out, I'm going to quit or whatever. But, no, he's making a difference on special teams all year long. Cooper May is arguably the most important player of this offense outside of the quarterback position the last couple of years. I mean, those are just a couple of seniors. I mean, tip your cap to those guys. Helped instill the culture and help bring Tennessee football out of the abyss when Tennessee football was the laughing stock of college football. When Tennessee football, there was 30 players that darted to the transfer portal after that 2020 season. These guys truly chose Tennessee not once, but twice and sometimes three times, right, to stay at the University of Tennessee when things weren't going their way. So tip of the cap to these seniors. A lot of these guys that I mentioned and even more that I didn't mention will have decisions to make in terms of COVID years of eligibility. And I'm going to compile a list and kind of talk about that on the show this week. And, and you know, the, the portal officially opens next Monday, I believe, whatever the fourth is. But you'll start seeing some announcements on these players and tends to enter the transfer portal, yada, yada, yada. Buckle up. It's going to be a really, really busy time. So a lot of these seniors I mentioned could come back, and we'll have to see if these seniors do come back. But if this was it, man, tip your cap to these seniors. Job well done. All in all, end of the day, as Josh Heupel would say, Vanderbilt's not good. Tennessee was good, and you finished the season 8-4. and four. And as I said on the postcast show, if 8-4 and four is your floor, it means you're doing something right. You shouldn't settle for 8-4. and four. This is the fourth time an 8-4 and four regular season's happened since Philip Former was head coach. The second time since 2016. Of course, the first time was last year, and that was a magical year. Point being, this has not been the norm here at Tennessee. Again, don't celebrate 8-4. It's not what I'm saying. But if 8-4 is your floor with Josh Hopple, which I think it truly is, <laughs> you got something good go going. You got something good going. We'll continue to, to look back at the Tennessee Vanderbilt game. Scoring plays courtesy of the Vol Radio Network. That is coming up next right here on Locked On Vols. Do want to give a shout-out to our friends over at Game Time. You shouldn't have to worry about buying tickets to your next big event. Game time is a fast and easy way to buy tickets to your sporting events at Thompson Bowling Arena, Lindsey Nelson Stadium, Neyland Stadium, all those places on campus, but also for music, comedy, theater events in your area. Um, you've got the Tennessee Theater down, downtown and on Gay Street. You've got, of course, everything that goes on at Thompson Bowling Arena, the Food City Center. You can buy tickets to all those events at game time. Killer last-minute ticket deals, all-in prices, views from your seat so you truly know what you're paying for. The best price guarantee, and what that best price guarantee is, you buy a ticket with game time, you find a ticket from somebody, some, from somewhere else in your same section that is cheaper, game time is going to give you 110% of that credit. 
Uh, not a bad deal right there. Plus, they got event cancellation protection, job loss protection. They're truly there to help you. And it's for that procrastinator in you, right? You can buy tickets up to an hour after the event has started at the Game Time app. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the promo code Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, L O C K E D C O L L E G. That's Locked On College for $20 off Game Time today. Go ahead and download that if you wouldn't mind. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Welcome back into your Monday edition of Locked On Vols. Every dayers, don't forget, tomorrow is your show. So go ahead and submit those questions, those comments at underscore Kaner at Locked On Vols on the YouTube channel. Fill out the comment section and uh, we'll take as much time as we need tomorrow to answer your questions right here on Locked On Vols. As we do every single Monday, typically, the last two Mondays we haven't because there's only been one touchdown scored, but uh, there was plenty of touchdowns scored against Vanderbilt. We get to hear those calls courtesy of the Vol Radio Network. I do have written and verbal permission from the Vol Radio Network to play these scoring plays right here on Lockdown Vols. And it was a fast start. Tennessee, just one minute into the ball game, a 56-yard touchdown reception from Romel Keaton. Here's how it sounded, courtesy of Bob Kessling, Pat Ryan, Brent Hubbs on the Vol Radio Network. Milton, play fake. He's going to look long. Bam. Fires over the middle, wide open. Keaton catches at the 20 to the 10, all the way to the checkerboards. Touchdown, 56 yards. Joe Milton to Ramel Keaton. And Tennessee strikes again on its first possession and leads 6 to nothing. Again, three plays, 76-yard drive. <laughs> Tennessee, the drive summary, five or 55 seconds, and Tennessee was on the board. Ramel Keaton just won over the middle, right? I mean, it was a post, a wide open over the middle, nobody home, playing quarters, the safeties went down, and nobody was home over the middle. Ramel Keaton did the rest. What a great start for Tennessee. Now, Texas A&M did respond, and its next drive, it went down the field and tied things up at 7-all, and that was really the only bad possession, in my opinion, for the Tennessee defense on the day. Tennessee later in the first quarter uh, took the lead again, 14-7 to on what is my opinion, the best throw of the season. Maybe it was, I think it was to Castles, maybe it was to Warren, it was to one of the tight ends at Alabama right before the half. That would be the only other throw, in my opinion, for you know, in contention for best throw from Joe Milton. It's not an 80-yard bomb. This is a 10-yard touchdown pass to McAllen Castles. It was an out and up, a wheel route, if you will. And he didn't throw it to Castles, he threw it to a to a spot. And that's where Castles went and made the catch. A gorgeous touch throw from Joe Milton and a big play as soon as he retook the lead into the first quarter at 14 to 7. Second down and goal at the 10. Joe Milton gets the snap, drops, looks, looks, fade pattern, left side, touchdown, Tennessee. Yeah, boy. That's McAllen Castles. Comes out, rolls out down the left sideline, and a perfect throw from Joe Milton on that fade pattern. And Castles catches his fourth touchdown pass of the season, and Tennessee builds the lead now 13-7. to Again, you had Castles kind of lined up maybe a yard off the tackle, not necessarily an H-back, but kind of off the line there at tight end. He had two receivers out to the left, so he was the wide receiver number three, if you're counting from the defensive linebacker position. And you had your two outside guys run slants in. Man-to-man coverage, the corner and the star followed inside. The safety that was on top of McCallum Castles had to weave through all that traffic. Did a pretty good job, but he was trailing the entire way, never got his head around. And again, just a gorgeous, gorgeous throw by Joe Milton. That was his best throw of the day and arguably his best throw 
of his Tennessee career. Now you go into, that was the 313 in the first quarter. Just inside the second quarter, you get one tight end in the end zone. You need to get the other. Jacob Warren, a 34-yard reception from Joe Milton, capping a 73-yard four-play drive, making it 21-7. to Here's how it sounded on the Ball Radio Network. First and 10, Tennessee at the Bandy 34-yard line. Milton out of the shotgun. Gets the snap, drops to throw. Touchdown. Sets up, oh. winds up, guns for the end zone. The pass is going to be caught, a diving catch in the touchdown. It's going to be Jacob Warren, 34 yards in the senior on senior day. Makes a diving catch in the north end zone. And Joe Milton gets another touchdown pass in this first half. And Tennessee now leads 20-7. to you're Pat Ryan there. He he went ahead and called it. Touchdown before, and then he kind of goes, oh, well, he went like that because the receiver, it was Ramel Keaton and Jacob Warren. They were both open already. Initially, they were open on the, you know, a couple seconds into the play, but there was pressure off the right edge. Uh, Gerald Mincy, who's playing on one leg, and I know it's frustrating because he hadn't started the last couple of games, um, but Gerald Mincy, truly, I mean, he, he's been a knucklehead at points and times from things I hear. I'm not trying to, you know, criticize, the, you know, the kid, but um, he's been hard to deal with at points in time throughout his Tennessee career. I think they want him back for sure if he can elect to come back for a COVID year of eligibility. But point being, he is truly dealing with an injury right now. And he's been playing on one leg. Um, and, and so it's been tough for him. And the fact that he's been out there, it's uh, it's truly remarkable. But anyway, he gets, he gets beat off the right side. I mean, the guy just runs right around him. Jabari Small goes and gets a body in front of him, but doesn't really do an awful lot. Joe Milton's forced to step up into the pocket, avoid that pressure, step up into the pocket, still keeping his eyes downfield and delivering a laser over two defenders and into the basket of Jacob Warren, who makes a, a, a nice little diving catch in the end zone. Again, a really, really good play and a play that I'm not sure Joe Milton makes at points in times throughout the season. So Tennessee's up 21 to seven. Vanderbilt comes back, kicks a field goal midway through the second quarter, make it 21 to 10. Edge. Charles Campbell on senior day kicks the first of his two made field goals with, let's see here, with a little over six minutes left in the second quarter, 24 to 10 Tennessee. And then Joe Milton, he's already thrown three touchdowns. This is the first of two rushing touchdowns right before the half. Calls his own number, two yard scamper around the right side, and it makes it the halftime score Tennessee ahead 31 to 10. First and goal at the two. Let's go in motion. Get a little pick and Jabari Small the tailback. Here's Milton on the rollout to the right. He'll take it all the way into the checkerboard. Touchdown, Joe Milton. Quarterback keeper to the right. And Milton takes it in for the score. And the ball score with just five seconds left to go in the second quarter. And Tennessee now leads 30 to 10. So 31 to 10 with the point after it was good. Tennessee went into the halftime break, came out. Got things going. It was uh, Vanderbilt that got the football first, uh, punted the football away. Tennessee gets that 14-yard run, first play from scrimmage. Jalen Wright uh, gets over 1,000 yards on the season, so that was good. But this series ended on the second touchdown reception from Ramel Keaton. A really, really good play. I'll break it down after. But first, 46 yards to the house. Here's how it sounded courtesy of the Ball Radio Network as Tennessee went up 38-10. to Milton back to throw. Sets up. Guns it to the sideline. Pass is caught. Breaking a tackle and getting down to the 30, down the right side. He might go. 20 to the 10, to the checkerboards. Touchdown, Ramel Keaton. 46 yards. Made the catch, then turned it up, broke a tackle, and spread it down the sideline for his second touchdown of the day. And Tennessee leads 37 to 10. That was a comeback route. Really great play by Ramel Keaton. Comes back 
makes the catch, does a great job coming back, making the catch, and then continuing momentum, getting back vertical, hits the sideline, and runs away from the secondary. A lot of yak on that play. Great play from Mel Keaton, 46 yards, and Tennessee led 38-10. to Well, a little ways after that, at the end of the third quarter, Joe Milton scores his final touchdown of the day, his sixth total touchdown of the day, the second on the ground. It was from two yards again, capping a 10-play, 81-yard drive to put Tennessee up 45-10. to First and goal. Handoff goes, no, Milton keeps it, goes around the right side. He faked it to Sampson, took off around the right, and dives into the end zone for another rushing touchdown from two yards out. Joe Milton is having a big, big day for Tennessee as he scores his second rushing touchdown to go along with four passing scores. Tennessee ups the lead now over Vanderbilt to 44-10. 45-10 with the PAT afterwards. You go into the fourth quarter. Ken Seals gets in from one yard. That makes it 45-17. And again, that was off the uh, the muff punt. So it was a three-play, eight-yard drive. I think I said the 15-yard line going in in segment number one. It was, uh, I think it was the eight-yard line. I mean, it was it was easy doing there for Vanderbilt. Later on, Vanderbilt scores, uh, you know, 77 yards, nine-play drive. A lot of underneath stuff, again, reserves in this football game, trying not to give up the big play. Uh, Skinner gets into the end zone, 45-24. And then Charles Campbell, I hate... <laughs> meaningless fourth quarter field goals i uh, get rewarding your senior kicker but he attempted another field goal later in the, or earlier in the fourth quarter and, and missed it i didn't quite understand that one but again charles campbell tacks on another field goal 27 yards with 28 seconds on the clock and that brings it to the final score of 48 to 24 so it was good to listen to it was good to watch a lot to celebrate if you're tennessee that is how it sounded courtesy of the ball radio network as tennessee went on to win 48 to 24 over Vanderbilt here to end the regular season stats that pop Kaner grades all that and more that's coming up next right here on locked on balls do want to give a shout out do want to give a thanks to our friends over at FanDuel new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet I'm gonna say that again for you $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. So it's putting a little on the line to get a whole lot in return. Uh, if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on that action right now. Conference championship weekend's coming up. We're going to have bowl season coming up. It's the best time of the year to be a sports fan. You've got college basketball season underway. The NBA's underway. And, of course, the NFL is happening right now as well. So you can check out those totals. We love the overs here on Lockdown Balls, but the unders are in play as well. Spreads, player props. If you're new to FanDuel, I encourage you to check out those player props. Gives you one thing specifically to focus on. Maybe that first quarter spread. Maybe that, uh, well, that's more of a spread, but maybe that's over-under in terms of four and a half receptions from, say, Travis Kelsey or something. That's a whole lot of fun over at FanDuel as well. So $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money money line bet happening right now at FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel.com slash locked on to take part of the NFL season today. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Couple minutes left here on this Monday edition of Locked On Vols. Encourage you guys, if you're listening right now, thank you first and foremost. Subscribe to Locked On Vols on the YouTube channel. Um, but also, if you didn't listen to the postcast, go back and check that out from late Saturday night and uh, continue to <laughs> milk out all that is the regular season, which is now coming to an end uh, here for Tennessee football. Your show, when you everydayers get to take over the show, that happens tomorrow. So any questions, comments you want to get in, at underscore Kaner, at Locked on Vols on the X, 
And of course, wherever you uh, are on YouTube as well, you can fill in that comment section. Uh, let's go over some of the stats. Complete domination for Tennessee. My grades will be up here in a moment to end the show. Uh, Tennessee just completely dominated Vanderbilt. Um, 617 yards of total offense on 79 plays. I'm going to go out on a limb here. I believe that's probably season highs in both. 79 plays and 617 yards of total offense. Vanderbilt had 306 yards of total offense on 62 plays. So Tennessee dominated in that regard. The Vols averaged 7.8 yards per play, while Vanderbilt averaged 4.9 yards per play. Both teams penalized. I talked about the little brouhaha there on the uh, postcast on Saturday. Uh, you know, in, in short, officials, all officials' fault. I mean, like, what are you doing here? Two dead ball penalties where a quarterback gets drilled. Um, you know, Tyler Barron, I'm, I'm, I don't want to speak for Tyler Barron. Clearly, he just kept going, hit the quarterback. Maybe he didn't hear the whistle, but, you know, A.J. Swan was not doing anything. He, he gave up on the play. Drills him there. That was uh, a third down play, but there was a, a false start before. But, but, but Barron drills the quarterback and no penalty. Clark Lee's going nuts on the sideline. I don't blame him. And then the play after that, turns out it was a delay a game, but nobody heard the whistle. And you can tell by James Pierce, he clearly didn't hear the whistle. I mean, he jumped off that edge quick as a cheetah over there and sacked the quarterback. And Vanderbilt sideline again is going nuts. But, I mean, James Pierce didn't hear the You can tell James Pierce didn't hear the whistle because he's confused on why everybody's upset. Um, so that was that play. And then, of course, it's third, and I think it was 39 and by that point, you knew something was going to happen. Um, handoff to the quarterback, couple of different skirmishes going on. Guy hel helmet gets tossed off. Vanderbilt comes over, leaves his bench. And then after all that, offsetting penalties. Uh, again, I'm not trying to kick players out of the game, but I'm like, what is what needs to happen for a player to be ejected from a football game? I'm a little confused. Was it an all-out brawl? No, it was not. But, I mean, like, what are we doing here? But that whole situation was the official's fault. It just, I mean, it was it was horrible. But anyway, back to what I was saying. Um, both teams very sloppy. <laughs> ten penalties, eighty-three yards for Vanderbilt. Ten penalties, one hundred eight yards for Tennessee. So many offsides penalties, which is really inexcusable. Twelve games in, it's inexcusable anytime. That's football one hundred one. Uh, Tennessee four hundred forty-nine total yards of passing, two hundred twenty-eight total yards of passing for Vanderbilt. Tennessee one hundred sixty-eight yards on the ground, seventy-eight yards total on the ground for Vanderbilt. Uh, Tennessee. 25 yards, 25 minutes and 39 seconds possessing the football. That's not too bad. Tennessee was good on third downs, offensively 6 of 12. Defensively, held Vanderbilt only 3 of 12 on third downs, so much, much better than a week ago. Tennessee was 5 for 5 in red zone chances, 3 of 5 in terms of scoring touchdowns, kicked two field goals, and Vanderbilt did have seven points off a muff punt from Tennessee, so scored seven points off a, a turnover for the Volunteers. Um... Again, Joe Milton was fantastic. 66% of his passes, 22 of 33, 383 yards, four touchdowns. He had one other 300-yard passing performance, and that was against Indiana back in 2020 when he was at Michigan. First time he threw for over 300 yards at Tennessee. Um, first time a career-high four touchdown passes. And again, rush for two as well. Six total touchdowns. First time that's happened since Jonathan Crompton back in 2009 against Memphis. Joe Milton was the star and the story for Tennessee football, and at this point, I do anticipate him playing in the bowl game. Um, I don't know if he'll make an announcement or anything, but got a lot of questions about that here on a Sunday. Uh, he, he had a comment in one of his post-game answers saying, hey, we got one more, so pretty much insinuates that he's wanting to play, so we'll see exactly, but I would assume that he's playing as of now. Nico comes in, and I wish he would have played more, of course. Uh, you know, 9 of 12 passing, 75 yards, 75 
uh, percent completion, 66 yards. I thought he looked pretty good. Jalen Wright, pretty pedestrian, right? 11 carries, 75 yards, just your typical 6.8 yards per carry. Dylan Sampson, 10 carries, 37 yards. Shabari Small, only four carries, 30 yards, averaged 7.5 yards a tote. He gave Tennessee a jolt in the second quarter or later in the first quarter. And then, of course, Joe Milton had the two rushing touchdowns. Uh, Charles Campbell was 2-3 of three from field goals, making distances of 24 and 27. He did miss a 41. Squirrel White targeted 14 times, 10 receptions, 110 yards. Keaton targeted seven times, four receptions, 122 yards, and two touchdowns. Touchdown receptions of 56 and 46. And Jacob Warren and McCallum Castles each targeted four times, each hauled in three passes for a touchdown apiece. So that was good to see. And then finally, defensively, as we uh, kind of look at the stats here, you know, Tennessee only two sacks. There were about five sacks in this game that didn't count. <laughs> they were harassing A.J. Swan all night long. Uh, two sacks, seven TFLs. That was good to see. Will Brooks, a redshirt junior walk-on who started at the star position. Tamari McDonald again ruled out in pregame. Tamari McDonald is your star player. He hasn't played each of the past two games. Um, he got hurt early. Or he didn't play against Missouri either. His backup, Jordan Thomas, got hurt, I want to say, two or three plays in against Georgia. And, um, yeah, I mean, he's just uh, – Will Brooks has played a lot the last couple of games, and he led Tennessee in tackles. So walk on at the star position, so good for him. Eight tackles, had a TFL. James Pierce and Tyree West credited with a half a sack each. Tyler Barron had a sack, and, uh, again, it just, just completes – Complete dominance for Tennessee. We'll take a look at the pro football focus uh, stats from this game here on a, on a Wednesday of this week. Uh, but my Kaner grade is going to be short and sweet. Um, quarterback's an A+++++. Uh, Joe Milton, again, I don't care who the competition is. Vanderbilt's not very good defensively, but Joe Milton was incredible. One more time, six total touchdowns, four passing touchdowns. That's a career high. Two rushing touchdowns, 383 yards passing. That's a career high. 66% completion. He was fantastic. Nico looked good as well, 9 of 12. So quarterbacks get an A+. Running backs get an A. Um, didn't dominate on the ground, but uh, Vanderbilt, after getting shredded for over 300 and over 200 yards respectively each of the past two years, um, said, all right, we're going we're gonna to make Tennessee throw it. And Tennessee did just that. But the running backs, when given the opportunities, did well. Uh, running backs get an A. Tight ends get an A. Both the tight ends had a touchdown reception. Wide receivers get an A minus. Only reason an A minus because there were a couple of drops. Squirrel White struggled a little bit in this football game. But again, coming back and making that catch for Ramel Keaton. Big play receptions for touchdowns. Good routes. Um, you know, receivers get an A minus. And that offensive line truly is musical chairs right now. No Javante Spragans. John Campbell didn't play again. Gerald Mincy's playing on one leg. Had to rotate right to left tackle all game long. Uh, Dane Davis, who went down, played right tackle. Ollie Lane had to shift down and play for Cooper Mays, who went out after three series. Uh, Addison Nichols had to step in and play left guard. You had Jackson Lampley playing uh, right guard. Musical chairs galore. And this team, again, had 617 yards of total offense. Offensive line gets an A 100%. Defensive line, again, didn't get home as much as you want, but harassed, harassed, harassed A.J. Swan all game long. Defensive line gets an A. Linebackers are going to get a B. couple of missed tackles there. Um, but overall, pretty solid performance. Couple laps in coverages, a little slow finding your man out of the backfield. That's been a case, you know, going back to the Missouri game. So linebackers overall solid, but we'll get a B. Defensive backs are going to get a B minus. Um, 
A.J. Swan threw for 167 yards, 14 of 23. Ken Seals came in, and again, a lot of stuff was open underneath at that point in the game, but 7-9 for uh, 61 yards. Both of those guys threw a touchdown. Uh, secondary wasn't great, did play a lot of different players, and, and again, I know there was a lot of injuries back there as well. Secondary is going to get a B-. minus. Special teams is going to get a B. Charles Campbell did miss one kick, uh, one field goal. Jackson Ross had three punts, averaging 39.7 yards per punt. Uh, special teams overall gets a B. And then coaching is going to get a B-. minus. Again, you win the way you're supposed to, that's good. Um, I still don't understand. And the story is the seniors. You wanted to get all the seniors in, and I get that, and I respect that. You wanted to let the seniors get a whole lot of run, but why not play younger players earlier in football games and blowouts either way? I just don't get it. Nico should have played more. Ricky Gibson played a lot, but John Slaughter played one snap at safety. Um, I don't know if Christian Conner played or not. <laughs> um, don't know if Jack Luttrell played or not. Uh, linebackers, young linebackers played all year. Young defensive linemen played all year. But Ethan Davis at tight end. You want to reward Hunter Salmon? I get that. He's been a walk-on, been here for a couple years. I like that. Of course, your two veteran tight ends in McCallum Castles and Jacob Warren. But in a game where you win by 24 and you're up by 30-plus for the majority of the second half, why not get Ethan Davis some more run? I, I don't get it. Addison Nichols played a lot, but I don't think any other freshman or sophomore offensive lineman played in this football game on offense. I just don't quite understand that. But that's something for a self-scout over the offseason. And trust me, we'll have plenty of time to talk about it as the offseason goes along. Uh, Tennessee and Vanderbilt, 48-24. The Volunteers win and do exactly what it was supposed to do. Winning in style over a very bad opponent to conclude the regular season with an 8-4 and record and 4-4 and mark in SEC play. We've got so much to get to this week and over the offseason. Uh, you know, as a, as a content creator, as a program director, going back to my radio days, I'm super pumped about the next phase uh, of this podcast because I know a lot of people is going to say goodbye to the podcast until next football season. I encourage you to stay with us. It's so much fun. I promise you we're going to get into a lot of fun topics over the offseason. Of course, we'll talk hoops and baseball as well, but... It's about to get into the nitty-gritty here. Transfer transfer portal season's upon us. It's going to get wild. Finishing off the class of 2024. Coaching carousel. Uh, what bowl game is Tennessee going to be in? Uh, we're we're going to, and plus looking back at all that was this 2023 season. So we're going to have so much fun uh, over the next month. It's going to be wild. If you're listening or watching right now, I encourage you not to go anywhere. You're going to miss out. So appreciate you for being here. Your time to take over the show every day. That happens tomorrow for the mailbag edition of the show right here on Lockdown Balls. Until then, guys, enjoy the rest of your Monday, everybody.